sometimes it's hard to be your own biggest cheerleader and sometimes that's where a group of people who you trust can come in too because they'll cheerlead for you and champion for you so much that you have no choice but to cheerlead and champion for yourself so because they're putting you out there so now you have to respond to it and you have to say oh yeah i did do xyz or what have you so sometimes that's where leaning on your your community definitely comes in handy Yep, and and you are part of that community for me. We we have a nice crew of uh, especially black podcasters mm-hmm. that we roll with. Most of them are women, mm-hmm. which I love. Like I was saying, I'm raised by a woman <laughs> entrepreneur, so I feel very much at home with our our mainly female crew. Um, <laughs> I love it. But to your point, like, welcome to Entrepreneur Struggle, where each week we talk to founders and freelancers about their journey creating and scaling up their business. My name is Chris Colbert, and I'm the founder and CEO of the media company DCP Entertainment, as well as the video and podcast recording space, Podstream Studios Times Square. These conversations have been recorded with a live audience on the Fireside app, and we've brought you the best moments from our conversations, discussing the various struggles that founders have had to face. Now, if you'd like to be part of our live conversations where we allow the audience to participate, please sign up to Fireside and follow me to stay up to date about upcoming recordings. You can visit our show notes for a direct link. In this episode, we talk to Ayana Angel. Ayana is one of my favorite people in the podcast industry, and she is the new showrunner of the award-winning podcast series, Truth Be Told. This conversation was recorded back in mid-February as we talked about Ayana's journey leaving the NBA to start her own businesses, writing a couple books, and battling imposter syndrome. She also shared some incredible advice around running a podcast network, avoiding the fatigue that can come with creating your own show, and the value of being open to making pivots within your life, career, and business. Ayana is somebody who also works in the media field, but we first connected back in like, was it like almost like 2010, maybe? Somewhere around that yeah, time. Yeah, I think back it was. Back when you were working for the, yeah, I think you were you were still working at the NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. I was running uh, channels with Sirius XM, in particular, Jamie Foxx's radio station. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if you know this part, but like the whole reason that we even first got connected was that at Sirius, I realized working in the comedy department, like I had this we had this ability to basically attend any event that we wanted to attend as mm-hmm. long as we could justify doing a radio broadcast. <laughs> and so in uh-huh. comedy, like you can make anything a radio broadcast in comedy. So I'm like, right. I want to go to NBA. I want to go to NBA all-star weekend. So let me figure right. out how to get myself down there. And so like, mm-hmm. I just would grab Jamie Foxx's friends. Like, Hey, we're just going to interview basketball players about everything but basketball. And the basketball players loved it. But that's how I first connected with Ayana because, you know, Jamie Foxx's crew rolls deep. And so we're asking for more credentials than we really are supposed to have. And I'm getting him requests late. And Ayana was always that person who was just like, hey, we'll figure it out. I got you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, from that very start, like you were just somebody who was just really communal, like really wanted to help, help a brother out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I start there in terms of how we connected in the NBA because you eventually left the NBA to start your own organization. So can you Tell us a little bit about working for such a major company and then realizing that you want to pivot and do something on your own. And, and as sure. you tell that story, you know, uh, also tell us more about your company, uh, Maisie Media, which, by the way, anybody who's watching here live on Fireside, if you look at the little fortune cookie scroll, uh, Maisie Media's website is there. Make sure to check it out. Don't leave our conversation, but you know, make sure you check it out at some point. 
But uh, yeah, tell me more about that journey going from the MBA to then starting your own organization. Sure. So it's funny that you mentioned, um, you know, looking to get credentials uh, from Sirius and Jamie Foxx's show production and everything, because that was one of the things that my role consisted of was during the NBA All-Star Games. I worked on the NBA or the entertainment side for um, the NBA productions and whatnot and PR specifically. And so I would give people credentials, media credentials, to be able to have access to the players or to the celebrities for the celebrity game or different things like that. And it was so funny because I quickly learned when I got into this role that uh, whoever had it before me, it was very, um, it was held close to the chest and they weren't really open to inviting media that they weren't familiar with or that Hmm. they didn't feel like moved the needle. So if it wasn't like USA Today and New York Times and, you know, some of the outlets on that level, they were easily overlooking, it seems like, people who move the needle in different ways. And so for me, I always made it a priority to basically take care of my people. You know, we're talking about the essences, when we're talking about, (laughs) when we're talking about Jamie Foxx, serious, when we're talking about just all the different platforms that I felt like um, there was space for those platforms to engage with our content and engage with our players and bring out different storylines, but it, there wasn't being space made for them to actually have the access. So mm-hmm. that was a part of my role was also bringing players in their stories off of the sports pages and ha- make and humanizing them more. So. Yeah. Um, fast forward, I worked at the NBA in the communications department for about six years. And about, I'd say halfway through, I started just getting this itch and this feeling to do something more creative. Um, I started working with my hands a little bit more and I created a jewelry line. And um, that was a great way for me to get an idea of what else was possible. And it also really, really put me in that entrepreneurial headspace, even though I didn't know it then. Because I had always Mm -hmm. said, like, I do not want to be an entrepreneur. Somebody has to do the work. (laughs) Somebody has to, you know what I mean, be the employee. So that was always kind of my stance. But once I started this jewelry company or co-created this jewelry company and we got some good traction and stuff like Beyonce wore jewelry, our earrings, um, Alicia Keys, Marsha Ambrosius, like all these amazing people. um, I started to see like, okay, this could be a thing. And I started to get a feel for what could be possible if I were to do stuff on my own. And so that was my introduction to that. And when I finally walked away from my position at the NBA, it was to write a book. And I think authorship in that direction, that was just like the next um, step in my journey. All of these steps have brought me to where I am today. And so now I am on the production side of producing podcasts. Never thought that's somewhere that I'd be, but it was just a result of one step after the next, after the next, and just also paying attention to and following what was naturally happening and swirling around me and what I was naturally gravitating to. And so that's how podcasting came into the mix for me. And then creating Maisie Media was a result of what is not exactly reflected now, but more so reflected. I feel like when I first got into podcasting was just like, Ooh, where are the black women? Where are the black people? Where are the black voices? How are they being amplified? And that was one of the things that I wanted to do. And if I'm just being honest, we're talking about entrepreneur struggles, right? 
I wanted, I had all these ideas for shows that I wanted to produce, but I quickly realized you need budget for this. And you have yeah. to make some choices and decisions, right? You know that firsthand. You're you're doing it, and it's like if you're gonna take money from other people to do to produce these projects, you have to be willing to take their input and their direction on certain levels too. And that's just something that I wasn't really interested in. So I I created other shows on my own, and then I also said, okay, I'm gonna go into the side of producing for big companies so that I can have more freedom to do the things that I want to do. And so that's sort of where we are now. That's amazing. I actually didn't even realize the uh, the jewelry company. Are you, do you still have some pieces of jewelry? I do still have some pieces of jewelry, yeah, but they were, and this is the thing about the jewelry, it was very standout type of jewelry, eye-catching pieces, um, statement pieces, conversation starters. And so some, most times now, I just wear like stud earrings and some gold pieces or whatever. But I feel <laughs> like um, some of the pieces, I bring them out when the outfit calls for it. So I do still have some pieces, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is also funny because I had never heard you talk about like not wanting to be an entrepreneur. You just kind of fell into it. That was kind of similar to me. I So I grew up, I was raised by an entrepreneur and actually shout out to my mom. It's her birthday today. So happy birthday, mom. Uh, she might even be watching. Happy birthday, mama. But no, like I was raised by an entrepreneurial mother who was constantly trying to get me to be an entrepreneur. You need to own your own business or take over my business. And I was constantly saying exactly like you said, hey, some people run businesses and some people need to work for those people who run businesses. I'm a worker. I get things done. That's who I am. And as I got kind of similar to you, as I was working in my industry and saw gaps and opportunities that weren't being, uh, weren't being had, especially for people of color, but other marginalized yeah. communities. I decided that, okay, I need to go out on my own to try to fix those situations and to provide more opportunities. And it sounds mm -hmm. like that was kind of a similar situation to you. You jumped into the jewelry side, but then you saw this void in podcasting, especially as you mentioned within women and people of color. So when you mm -hmm. started your organization, I think we connected shortly after you had, you, were, you weren't just doing your own show, you were doing other people's shows as well. Can you talk about mm -hmm. kind of how you started the company and then how you had to pivot it? Because I think we also yeah. talked about how stressful that was. Um, so yeah. Yeah, can you take us through some of that, that inception of the company and then how you had to pivot a bit? Yeah. So I wanted to help amplify others, other women, especially their voices within podcasting, right? And so I took on, um, I would say maybe about five other podcasters who already had existing shows to help them grow their show, amplify their voices, um, really hone in on their message and give them some behind the scene tools on how to navigate this space, some things that I had learned. And I re quickly realized that although that was a fulfilling way to approach this work, it was also very challenging because what people recognize and realize now about podcasting, especially advertisers, is that sometimes it's really hard to get people to be consistent. You can yeah. get them to be consistent for a period of time, but just by nature, sometimes we're a little flip-floppy, you know? Sometimes we're really inter interested in doing something and we do it, do it, do it, and then we fall off. And then we come back to it and we're going hard and then we fall off. And that's just the ebbs and flows of how people operate sometimes. And so that started to come into play with my podcasters and I, I just quickly realized, hey, you can't control other people, especially if they aren't incentivized by money. And so it been it would have been different if I treated it as a record label 
where I gave them an upfront, um, um, what am I trying to say? Um, stipend of money. If I gave them an upfront of money, then that pays for their time and their effort and energy in producing their show. But I wasn't in a position to do that. And, and, and so when you're depending solely on advertising revenue and you're trying to grow, sometimes it's hard to have the patience to grow to be able to get to the place where you generate the ad revenue that really makes you feel like, okay, this feels like the job now, you know? So it was a little challenging from that side. And I saw, and I had to make a decision like, do I, and I, I also started to feel a little um, overwhelmed from the side of, or from the sense of keeping up with all these podcasters and who was doing what, when, and who show needed this or that. And so I had a decision to make in terms of, um, what type of business model I wanted to engage with and employ moving forward. And I just didn't think that that was sustainable from the way that I was operating it at that point. And so that's when I made the decision to say, okay, I need to re reevaluate some things and really maybe go in a direction that allows me to be able to get the capital so that I can invest in the things that I believe in, the stories that I believe in and push those forward versus trying to take something that somebody else has already started and push that forward. And unfortunately the train just kept moving. And so at this point I haven't been able to really create anything that I really want to create, but the time is coming. <laughs> the time is coming. <laughs> Nice. Well, no, and, you, <clears throat> and you touched on the fact that you were essentially helping other people who were starting their either side hustle or their own business try to scale up. So you were taking on their, essentially their responsibilities, their, their monetization. You're taking on the growth of their company, the scaling of their company, or, or again, their side business or little side hustle. Yeah. But at the same time, trying to grow your own. And that can mm -hmm. be really taxing, you know, things that people may not know in the, the podcast industry. If you miss an ad, like say you didn't put out an episode this week and you're supposed to have an ad, now you have to do what's called a make good. So now you have to communicate between the two different parties and figure out a new yeah. date that works. Maybe there's new copy that has to come along. And then you also still have to hope that that person actually records this time around. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, that can get really cumbersome. So it might sound super easy. Hey, I just record my show and put it out there. But there's a lot of extra work that goes into it. And then also yeah. just you know, how you're marketing the show and trying to grow your audience. You know, if you're mm -hmm. creating a network, you want to help the, those podcasters grow at the same time. So you are taking on a lot of work, even if it is mm -hmm. just five additional shows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're also, when you're talking about the advertising and not just the make good, you're also dealing with the fact that, you know, people want reliable people. And so if you did not deliver when you said that you were going to deliver, what's their incentive to continue working with you, you know? And it's not then mm -hmm. just a reflection of the host who didn't deliver. It's a reflection of you and your company because you, you didn't get your host to deliver, you know? And so all yep. these things have a ripple effect and one thing impacts another. And it can be a lot when you have multiple situations happening at the same time. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's challenging, but I also learned a lot from that experience. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned in that, that a lot of these podcasters kind of get what we call in the industry pod fade, where they, you know, it's really this new shiny thing. I have all this time, I have all this energy to put into it, but eventually right. a week, you know, two weeks go by three weeks, you get a few months in all of a sudden it's not new and shiny or, you know, now mm -hmm. it just feels like a job as opposed to this exciting 
you know, hobby that you were doing. And so you can get exhausted. And so that also is on your side as a creator of podcasts, but also running a company. So, you know, Cami here in our, our fireside audience, and for those of you who are on YouTube watching us, uh, if you are able to, to come over to us on fireside, you're able to ask questions. Uh, Cami wrote one here for us. So Cami, if I don't get this correct, you know, feel free to raise your hand and, and jump on stage to, to ask it correctly or, um, uh, you know, just type in a new question or, or kind of update and uh, kind of fix how I'm asking this here. But essentially, I think she's asking a question around Podfade. She wants to know, how do we stay in the flow when starting a podcast? So essentially, like, yeah, how do you not get in the Podfade? How do you keep up that consistency is how I yeah. interpret that. So I think, number one, you have to be realistic with yourself and you have to manage your own expectations of yourself. Um, and, and maybe even before that is figuring out why you're doing it. Because podcasting feels very glittery and shiny right now because a lot of people are thinking, oh, there's people getting good success and traction and media attention and book deals and movie deals or production deals. And all these different great things are coming from their podcasting journey. So maybe I should get into podcasting and see what it can do for me. And although that's not a bad thing, um, I think your drive and your, um, your reasoning for entering the podcasting landscape should be more connected to the work that you're doing and more connected to a why that you specifically have. So for me, I wanted to create, when I first started, I started off with creating my own podcast, right? That's how I got into the space. And by creating my own podcast, what I wanted to do was have the conversations that I would have wanted to listen to or that I thought would have been helpful when I was looking to transition from my corporate position into the next phase of my life, whatever that was going to look like. And so for me, my drive with podcasting and putting out episodes once a week, twice a week was that. I wanted to serve the community and the people that I knew needed this information because they were in a similar position that I was in. And so that was what pushed me forward. It, there wasn't a time where I was just like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this and they don't need this this week or what have you. If I ever started feeling like that, that was when I needed to stop doing the show. I didn't start having feelings like that until four years in because I felt like, okay, we've talked about this at length at this point. There's enough content for people to go back to and pull from. So I feel like I can leave this conversation now feeling like I've contributed enough to this conversation to do some good for people who are coming after me and experiencing these feelings. So I think to answer your question, there is no like right or wrong answer with it. And there's no one answer for any person. I think the best thing that you could do is just get connected to why you're doing it. And if you're extremely connected to why you're doing it, it has nothing to do with money, it has nothing to do with notoriety, it has nothing to do with social cloud or any of those things, then I think it's a little bit easier for you to stay connected to it week to week and produce. Produce, produce, produce. Because there's also all these different types of shows I was listening to a podcast and it was done by a journalist and she was basically saying, I'm doing this in real time. So while I may not have all these compelling updates for you week after week, I will still have something for you because I'm a journalist and I'm doing my job at the end of the day. So I'm going to bring you something, you know? And so I think being connected to something a little bit larger in terms of your purpose for why you're putting that content out there will help to keep you going longer. No, that makes tons of sense. And yeah, having that mission, that, that mission-driven work can really help sustain you 
But that's something that even when I talk to major podcast companies, I'll talk to some of the people who are onboarding new shows. One of the first questions that they ask people is, why are you doing it? And if yeah. the response is, I'm doing it for money, then a lot of times they'll tell me, they're like, okay, we're not the place for you. Yes, we want to make you money because that makes us money too. But if that's yeah. what you're doing it for, that usually is an indicator that they're going to get that pod fade. They're going to eventually get mm -hmm. exhausted from it, or they're going to find a bigger check somewhere else. And they're going to mm -hmm. put their time into that and let this thing fall by the wayside. So I think those are all really excellent points. Just to go double back for a second, you wrote a book. Mm -hmm. What was the, uh, the book about? Because I think that was also part of your journey and also the mm -hmm. journey of trying to help others going through what you're going through. Yeah, so I, I, my first book was a novel and um, that was my <laughs> first um, entry point into trying to change my circumstance, right? That book, I, I knew I had this story that I wanted to tell and that book I felt like was going to be my push for myself to do something different than what I had been doing. And it in fact was. And then um, the second book that I wrote called Quit Playing Small, that book was a result of the community that I had created, the things that I had learned on my journey, um, the things that I wanted to be able to share to hopefully inspire other people who were in similar situations or even just going about their day to day. So Quit Playing Small was really something that I felt like I needed to do because I knew that like, inspiration wise sometimes it's hard to find inspiration and sometimes you just need a little something to start your day with and i also have began to realize the importance of a daily and morning routine and so i wanted to create something that could be a companion in the morning routine and that's how that came about <laughs> I've, I've had people say like oh you should write a book on this or on that and i just i a lot of times find myself in that imposter syndrome of like why does anybody want to hear from me like how did you have any of that? And how did you push through that? Um, I would say I did and I didn't, right? I did once it was done, right? And it came time to promote it. But I didn't when I was doing the work because I just knew like, you got to write this stuff and just start. And I was just pulling from notes that I had written at different points and different Instagram posts that I had written at different points. And so I knew I needed to put compile this information, but I don't think the imposter syndrome really kicked in until it's time to put it out there for the world to consume it. So getting started wasn't the problem for me with the imposter syndrome. It was like uh, now promoting it and pushing yourself to tell people, hey, I wrote this book and I'm still not the best <laughs> at it. But, you know, I, I push myself. <laughs> I definitely push myself. <laughs> I've, I've found myself in the same lane lately. Like I, I've actually made a podcast course that it, literally people can sign up for it now, but I have mm -hmm. not done all the full promotion I need to do because, yeah, all of a sudden, like now it's, it's real. And all of a sudden, yeah. like, all right, are people going to look at this? Like, oh, you're not qualified to tell me. I know I'm qualified. And yet, for whatever reason, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding myself back. So, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's good, good to know I'm not the only one feeling that sometimes. No, sometimes it's hard to be your own biggest cheerleader and sometimes that's where a group of people who you trust can come in too because they'll cheerlead for you and champion for you so much that you have no choice but to cheerlead and champion for yourself so because they're putting you out there so now you have to respond to it and you have to say oh yeah i did do xyz or what have you so sometimes that's where leaning on your your community definitely comes in handy Yep. And, and you are part of that community for me. We, we have a nice crew of uh, especially black podcasters mm -hmm. that we roll with. Most of them are women, mm -hmm. which I love. Like I was saying, I'm raised by a woman <laughs> entrepreneur. So I feel very much at home with our our mainly female crew. Um, <laughs> I love it. But to your I love point, it. like 
you guys are constantly like, yo, Chris, you can't be giving that away for free. Like you guys mm-hmm. are, are so great at doing that. You touched on uh, Truth Be Told, uh, a new show that you're working on. And I was smiling a lot as you were talking about it because Truth Be Told actually came to our network, DCP Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was fortuitous because I actually didn't realize that you got hired as a producer on that show when we were first working with Tanya about trying to bring her on board with us. And so it was just such a delight to then, you know, have her introduced to the team, you know, introduce the team to us. And the first name I see is AI. <laughs> Um, so yes. now we finally actually get to work together, uh, more so than we, when we did back in the NBA Sirius XM days. So yes. yeah, tell us about that journey. How did you find that opportunity, especially, you know, you were running your own business and now you've essentially jumped on to another project, which, you know, Tanya has turned this into her own business. So mm-hmm. what was that, what was that process and what was that balance for you to be like, well, I'm creating something of my own, but you know what, I'm going to put that on hold for a second so I can focus on this other project. So it's funny, and this is why I said you just have to pay attention to what's going on around you and tap into what other people are tapping into with you, you know? Uh, So me, from a podcasting standpoint, I started off hosting my own podcast. Then I got an opportunity to create a podcast course with uh, Media Bistro. And then I got opportunities to speak about podcasting in different places. And I started to realize that I guess you could say some of the skill set that I had, even the crossover skill set from coming from a marketing PR background, wasn't naturally the same skill set that a lot of other people had who were entering the space or in the space, right? Especially from a hosting capacity. And so different opportunities started to come my way, um, being producers on different shows and different things like that. And so with the Truth Be Told opportunity, I think it was just a result of me updating my LinkedIn profile, to be honest with you, (laughs) and letting people know what I was working on. Tanya, who's the host of Truth Be Told, her and I did not know each other. Um, She cold reached out and said, hey, I'm doing this show. This is sort of like a quick blurb on it. I'm looking for a showrunner. Would you be interested in having a conversation? And I was like, sure. I was working on another, another show at the time. And, um, and it's funny because on that other show, I didn't have the showrunner or like executive producer or anything like that title. Um, I, w- I was just a producer, but I was doing the work. And so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes making certain transitions can be intimidating. I was like, oh, a showrunner. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. You know, but once I started to realize what the work was, I was like, oh, I'm already doing this work. So yeah, I can do it. And we had a couple conversations. It was good vibes. And so we worked it out and made it made it happen. But for me, I think when I just look at my career and the steps that I've taken, I think a part of it, and other people have said this, and I didn't really realize it, is that I'm not afraid to say yes, and I'm not afraid to take chances. And I'm not afraid to pivot and switch and do something else. Sometimes people are so afraid of doing something else because they feel like this is what people know me for. And if I try something else, they're going to think I'm flaky or they're going to think, I don't know what direction I want to go in and all this. But the thing that I always have to remind myself of is this is my life. I have to do what makes me happy. I have to go in the direction that feels best and most in alignment with me at any given moment in time in my life. It's not for anybody else to decide whether it feels good or not. Cause they don't know what I feel. They don't have to do the work that I have to do every day. And I have to feel good about it. And I have to feel interested in it and I have to feel connected to it. So that's how I've been making my decisions 
And that's how I feel like I've gotten to the place where I'm at today and where I feel comfortable and confident in the work that I'm doing. And so, like, I, I think if nobody takes anything else away from our whole conversation, it's just follow what feels good to you. That's the best thing that you could do is follow what feels good to you. And that may change. <laughs> it may not always be the same. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So my journey to um, coming to Truth Be Told, it's been twists and turns, but I'm excited for the content that we're creating and also excited to be working with you, ZCP. And I think it's just seeing everything behind the scenes is just a true testament to what people can do. Because look at you, you're running your own company, having distribution, you have distribution for other podcasts and everything. And then look at Tanya, she's running this podcast. It's truly her vision and everything now. And then everybody is able to come together to make larger things happen. It's just, I don't know, it's just amazing to me. I just love to see it. Love to see it. Before we wrap, I also want to talk, like you were one of the first people, obviously we were here on Fireside, so a new, you know, well, new-ish, uh, you know, platform to be able to engage with audiences, to even create podcasts like we're doing here. And there's always just new technology that's rolling out. And you were one of the first people to really force me to get on Clubhouse early on when that first started. You're like, you got to get over here. Everything's happening here. You, you know, you can really, you know, grow your brand. Um, how do you, how do you weigh new technology? Because there's so much new technology coming out. How do you weigh which ones to try to jump on and take advantage of while also factoring in, like you can't do it all. So how yeah. do you kind of figure out how to implement new technology as it rolls out? I think you have to look at it from two different perspectives, an interest perspective and a possibilities perspective. You know, like if you have a genuine interest in it, you think, oh, this platform is cool. Like it, I like the way that it's set up. You know, it seems like I would want to engage on this platform. Then, okay, it checks that box. Or is it that, hmm, I may not care for this platform that much, but it seems like it could help me move the needle in what I'm doing in business whether it be because it'll give me access to different people or allow me to have different conversations or allow me to expand my brand, whatever the thought process is, I think you should just be strategic, you know, when you're deciding which platforms to engage with because not every platform is going to move the needle for you. Maybe mm -hmm. you are just truly interested in it from a personal standpoint and that's totally fine. But if you see that it meets both of those needs, then you take it and run with it. And so I think because there's so much um, competition for our attention, you just kind of have to weigh it like that because then you know why you're there, like what you're getting from it. Either I'm getting some kind of personal fulfillment from it or I'm getting some kind of professional fulfillment from it. Yeah, and that's kind of why I pivoted to Fireside because I knew as a company we were doing more video content. We have, yes, I have DCP Entertainment that produces all this content, but then we made an investment this past year to create a studio, a podcasting studio in Times mm -hmm. Square called Podstream Studios. So we're now doing more video content, and I want right. all of our shows to have more video content. So if I can do live interviews in a video format, Fireside is a great platform for me to use. So to your point, it's like, okay, where is it that your company is heading that's the technology mm -hmm. that you're going to latch on to. What's going to help you get to that next level or scale up in some kind of way? Right. Absolutely. As we wrap here, uh, thank you all, you know, whether you're joining us on YouTube or uh, here on Fireside, I really appreciate you joining us for another conversation of entrepreneur struggle. Thank you, Ayana, for being here and giving so much wealth of information in terms of being an oh, entrepreneur, a me. podcaster, man, like you, you really blew the house down as you always do. <laughs> 
thank you so much for having me, Chris. This was great. I appreciate you thinking of me. Oh, of course. You're welcome. And actually, you know, uh, I said we'd double back to this. Can you tell us a little bit more in these, these last few minutes here? Um, what is Truth Be Told? Where can people find it? Uh, so we can hear your great work. Sure. So Truth Be Told, the podcast is available on all the podcast streaming platforms that you use, the Apples, the Spotify's, all those. And going into this third season, as I said, our host, Tanya, has full and complete control. So she wants to really dive into more so the conversations that are related to specifically Black people and decolonization. So um, this, the previous seasons were catered toward audiences of color. This season is specifically looking at things through a Black person's lens, through Black people's lens. We are going diving into our relationship with the church, honey, with the church. <laughs> um, um, which something, which is something that Tanya is really intimately connected with. She grew up in the church, so she wants to examine the ways that we can decolonize everything from the food that we're eating to the relationships that we have to how we are thinking about church and worship and those things to education in our communities. So we're really looking to have conversations with people and are going to have conversations with people who are doing things different and showing the rest of us how we can potentially do things different so that we can decolonize the way that we live our lives so that we can live the most fullest, richest lives as Black people. <laughs> and I just listened to episode number one that comes out uh, February 17th. Thursday. So next Thursday, we got uh, Nikki Giovanni as our first guest. So yeah, yes. you got to make sure you tune into this. Um, truth be told, as Ayana mentioned, on all the, the different podcast listening platforms. Also, Ayana, let people know where they can, you know, follow you, uh, whether it be social media, website, you know, also where they can buy your book, you know, anything here uh, to, to let the audience know how to support you. Sure. Um, you can go to ayanaangel.com, A-H-Y-I-A-N-A, angel.com. And there's all my links, all my connections, my book, Quit Playing Small is on there, um, as well as my, I, I'm really mostly on Instagram. So that's Ayana Angel, Ayana.angel as well. Um, yeah, just go there, check me out, and hit me up if you want to. Thank you, Ayana, and thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Struggle. If you'd like to learn more about Ayana and her businesses, or if you'd like to be part of our audience for the live recordings, please visit our show notes. Thank you to my producer, Heather Johnson, and until next Entrepreneur Struggle, Stay safe and stay healthy, because the struggle is real.